This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's a Sunday kind of love, I'm Maya Tan. Now today we've got a set of curated readings for you, featuring the work of well-known playwright Eve Ensler. And I could probably say starring some of the best performers in Malaysia and beyond. In fact, we're dedicating two episodes to this. Do tune in for more next week as well. But first up, I want you to take a listen to an inspiring clip I found of Eve Ensler when she was in India delivering a TED Talk, where she speaks about the power of cells. What I want to talk about today is this particular cell or grouping of cells that is in each and every one of us, and I want to call it the girl cell. And it's in men as well as in women. I want you to imagine that this particular grouping of cells is central to the evolution of our species and the continuation of the human race. And I want you to imagine that at some point in history, a group of powerful people invested in owning and controlling the world understood that the suppression of this particular cells, the oppression of these cells, the reinterpretation of these cells, the undermining of these cells, getting us to believe in the weakness of these cells and that crushing, eradicating, destroying, reducing these cells basically began the process of killing off the girl cell, which was, by the way, patriarchy. I want you to imagine that the girl is a chip in the huge macrocosm of collective consciousness, and it is essential to balance, to wisdom, and to actually the future of all of us. And then I want you to imagine that this girl cell is compassion, and it's empathy and its passion itself, and its vulnerability, and its openness, and its intensity, and its association, and its relationship, and it is intuitive. And then let's think how compassion informs wisdom, and that vulnerability is our greatest strength, and then emotions have inherent logic which lead to radical, appropriate saving action. And then let's remember that we've been taught the exact opposite by the powers that be, that compassion clouds your thinking, that it gets in the way, that vulnerability is weakness, that emotions are not to be trusted, and you're not supposed to take things personally, which is one of my favorites. Um, (laughs) I think the whole world has essentially been brought up not to be a girl. How do we bring up boys? What does it mean to be a boy? To be a boy really means not to be a girl. (laughs) To be a man means not to be a girl. To be a woman means not to be a girl. To be strong means not to be a girl. To be a leader means not to be a girl. I actually think that being a girl is so powerful that we've had to train everyone not to be that. And it's exactly a cell of girls with an Eve agenda that we've got on the show today. In March earlier this year, a group of women came together to host a workshop featuring Eve Ensler's vagina monologues. They're called Project Watermelon, and this is the brainchild of Malaysian director, actor, writer, luminary Susan Lancaster. Part of the proceeds of the workshop also went in aid of the Women's Aid Organisation. Susan Lancaster, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. This is the first time I've been on a Sunday Kind of Love. Yeah. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about 
The Vagina Monologues, right. written by Eve Ensler. Now, uh, Eve Ensler wrote The Vagina Monologues, and it premiered in 1996 in yes. New York City. It ran at the Off-Broadway Westside Theatre uh, to begin with, and it's a series of monologues dealing with an aspect of the feminine experience. First up, do you feel that the vagina monologues is relevant today? Oh, definitely. Mm. In what ways? Um, I think, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, you know, this play, it's just all about the V and ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. But I think they fail to understand how simple it is actually to just forget or lose respect or take things for granted. You know, we take things for granted with our mothers, our wives, our daughters, our sisters. The list goes on. Um, and what women have done over time and how they have sacrificed themselves, et cetera, et cetera. So um, when I did a workshop recently, uh, of course, I invited some friends over to, to uh, listen. And a lot of the men walked away um, very touched. Some even cried. Um, and I'm talking about straight men as well. you know. And a couple of days later, I met them on a, at a wedding and they came up to me and said, you know, you know, I walked in because people say, you know, um, it's the monologues. Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, it's going to be all about their private parts. Uh, but after a couple of readings, I suddenly began to appreciate my mother so much more. And I'm like, thank you. That's all I needed to hear because <laughs> it worked. The words alone and the delivery and the intention of... Because um, I think Eve Ensler spent so much time researching and meeting all these wonderful people and obviously picking the best pieces for her book, which turned into a play. Um, and I think um, she was very aware of what she wanted to do with this play uh, because it's all about V-Day, you know, uh, fight against violence towards women and just pure empowerment, really. Um, and she's very cleverly interwoven the pieces one after the other or, or sometimes just literally almost side by side and it's also very subtle sometimes but if you do listen if you are listening the words even though so simple are so incredibly powerful and it's it, this this play has been one of my favorite plays ever written because it's not complicated and yet it's so powerful and it's so clever because and it's true it's just real words spoken to her in private by women all over the world what aspects of the feminine experience does she address? And why is it important, do you feel, um, that these experiences be brought to light? Well, for example, um, the four pieces that I've curated, there's hair and then my vagina is my village. And then there's the um, flood. And then, of course, there is just basically Eve Ensler's monologue as her thoughts of why she took this on. And... Um, it's basically coming from a woman who herself grew up abused, sexually abused by her father, coming from, a, I think, an era where women weren't really taken notice of or appreciated, and she started to rebel against it. Not in a bad way, but in a way where, you know, hello, come on, we need to be respected because we actually are very important to make the world go around. You know, mm -hmm. you can't just ignore us because we give life to you. So, of course, um, like with hair, it's about an issue with a young wife with an older husband who has his 
own kinky ways, which after a while affects her and she feels that, you know, why does this have to happen all the time? Why can't you just see me for me? And because of that, he runs away and has multiple affairs and the end leaves her feeling very unwanted and confused and everything. And apparently a therapist says, you know, you need to do what your husband wants you to do and then, you know, you will be the ultimate good wife. And she was like, okay, fine, I'll go back and try to be the good wife and do whatever it is that he needs me to do. And at the end of the day, still doesn't change him. So where does that leave her? Mm-hmm. So there are these questions thrown as well, um, thrown in. And, and um, of course, it's it's a revelation as well, because obviously she realizes that whatever I do is not going to change him. So I'm going to do what I want to do, you know, and I suppose there's an ending in that. But we don't need to talk about that. It's just up to the audience or the listeners to make up their own minds. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, with My Vagina is My Village, that takes us way back um, to when um, it was Bosnia and uh, it was the war and how women were just used as toys and they were treated worse than animals um, and infected because they were constantly raped and abused physically with all kinds of objects shoved into them and you know and just cast aside and that is horrible and that was one of the pieces where I I saw a lot of guys even tear up or at least wipe you know the corner of their eyes because because of the the story that is told it's so vicious and so cruel Um, and like with the flood that's a beautiful story about these two elderly ladies um, who reminisce through time um, of their youth and and to present day, but uh, also talking about the fact that um, they've never they've never achieved an honest orgasm. It was by mistake, and how sad is that? Right. Mm-hmm. Initially, this was a monologue, but I've changed it into a duologue because I decided to just sort of take it one step further and make it a conversation between you could say they were sisters perhaps or twins where they sh- their lives are pretty much um, parallel to each other and they literally share similar circumstances mm-hmm. so that they can relate to each other and, it's and they t- also had um, in this piece also there was the condition of uh, vaginal ejaculation I believe yes which is what they refer to as flood yes um, and again it was obviously uh, not expected. It wasn't planned. It, it was basically um, an accident, which they call, you know, and the way it was described, they were made to feel embarrassed about it. You know, so to me, it's like, oh, my God, we should be celebrating stuff like that. And what exactly was it that he did, you know, <laughs> to make you feel like that? But, you know, no, it's just shoved under the, the carpet and you carry on. So these are things like... Um, and then in Eve's uh, monologue uh, that Joanna Bessie will, will read beautifully, um, she actually tells us how she came into creating the monologues in this wonderful book slash play and the people that she met and the women that she had to, to sit with and hold their hands and connect with and who, in the end of the day, became her really, really good friends. Um, and her journey with the story. So it makes it even more powerful and even more... Um, heart-wrenching for us to hear at the same time it is empowering I mean because I think with women we we are so capable of being so incredibly strong because we can brush things under the carpet and just keep you know chugging along and everything that's important to us just we put the back of our minds where we shouldn't we should actually revisit it and try to heal to then 
make our light shine even brighter as opposed to just being say say a uh, quarter percent bright it should be a hundred percent and we have that and what the minute we're healed we are shining you know beaming literally emitting this wonderful energy and, and that's the way it should be and that's what the vagina monologues are all about mm-hmm. i think a lot of people have the impression that the vagina monologues takes a very strong feminist stance and that it involves male bashing but i find the opposite to be true it's actually quite fair what are your thoughts on that i totally agree as well i think it was obviously someone who probably mentioned that oh it's you know male bashing whatever but i can honestly say that the male friends that came to watch the workshop that we performed recently um even you know whatever the pieces were about if the performance did include uh, men or husbands or brothers or whatever it was it was said with style um fairness and it wasn't judgmental at all so i think eve did a really really good job putting all these pieces together Well, we've got performances directed and curated by Susan Lancaster and starring Sutan and Samantha Schubert coming up for you right after this. So don't go away. A Sunday Kind of Love continues in just a bit on BFM 89.9. It's a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan, and the studio is absolutely dazzling with brightness today. Maybe because it's packed with a bunch of truly talented women whom I respect and love with all my heart. Susan Lancaster is here, and so is Sutan and Samantha Schubert, and they're here for you to perform for you, to be exact. Uh, so, Sue, what's the first piece? It's entitled Hair, and the performer will be Sutan. And the reason why I chose her is because I needed to challenge her. Yeah, uh, Sutan, of course, is uh, an actor and writer for TV. Yes, Sutan and I go way, way back, and I kind of like burst her bubble um, in a nice way with one of my first productions, and she was one of my actors then. Um, and again, the story was about suicide, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Lovely subject, you know, and then the next one was about abuse and she got physically abused by her husband, you know, so so pushing the boundary. So this time I thought I'm going to make her stand up there and talk about hair, you know, and and I think emotional and verbal abuse from her husband kind of like switch it up a bit. So, yeah, and she did a great job. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Sue Tan with her performance of Hair. You cannot love a vagina unless you love hair. Now, many people do not love hair. My first and only husband, he hated hair. He said it was cluttered and dirty. He made me shave my vagina. It looked puffy and exposed and like a little girl. And this excited him. When he made love to me, my vagina felt the way... A beard must feel. It felt good to rub it and painful. It's like scratching a mosquito bite. It it felt like it was on fire. There were screaming red bumps. I refused to shave it again. Then, my husband had an affair. When we went to marital therapy, he said that he screwed around because I wouldn't please him sexually, because I wouldn't shave my vagina. The therapist had this thick German accent, and she gasped in between her sentences to show her empathy. 
She asked me, why wouldn't I want to please my husband, yeah? I told her I thought it was weird. I mean, I felt little when my hair was gone down there, and I, I couldn't help talking in the baby voice. And the skin. It got so irritated, even calamine lotion wouldn't help it. She said to me, Marriage is a compromise, yeah? I asked her. I asked her if shaving my vagina would stop my husband from screwing around. I asked her if she had many cases like this before. She said, questions diluted the process and that I needed to jump in and she was sure this was a very good beginning. Yeah. So this time, when we got home, my husband got to shave my vagina. It was like a therapy bonus prize. He clipped it a few times. And there was a little blood in the bathtub. <laughs> he didn't even notice it because he was so happy shaving me. Then later, when my husband was pressing up against me, I could feel his, his spiky sharpness sticking into me. My naked, puffy vagina. There was no protection. There was no fluff. I realized that hair is there for a reason. You know, it, it, it's, it's like the leaf around the flower. It's like the lawn around the house. So you have to love hair in order to love the vagina. You cannot just pick the parts you want. And besides, my husband never stopped screwing around. So Sue, tell me how it felt to perform this piece. Um, well, I mean, you know, when, when Sue, Sue Lancaster gave me this piece, um, I actually... Well, at first, I didn't really know what to do, <laughs> what to do with it, and um, I actually watched a clip uh, of someone else performing it online, and they basically made it into a comedy. Basically, it was just laugh, laugh, laugh the whole way through. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I remember when I spoke to Sue the first time, the first day of rehearsals, um, we were trying to find out who this person was, and I, I thought, you know, I think we came up with the fact that she was someone who was kind of strong in her own way like she you know she got all this I think people won't think of it if you you know if, if you want to say to someone that your husband made you or your partner made you shave your vagina people might not think it's a big deal but I think it goes deeper into that um, it's because, also a, it's a question of your own free will correct isn't it yeah but I mean you know if you ask someone I don't think they would think it's a big deal right Maybe, maybe not, yeah. I mean, you know, if you actually thought about it, then I think I think that's what, with this piece, I think I hope that whoever came to attend the workshop and heard the piece would, like, realise that, you know, it's much more than that. You know, it's, it could sound like a simple thing, but what we're trying to tell you is that, yeah, you know, something as small as this is still a choice and you can't force it upon someone if they're not willing to do it, you know. And also, this character actually... Um, went through a lot 
you know, of course, Lee got cheated on and all that. So, yeah, I think I just wanted to play her a bit more strong. Um, and I hope I achieved that. And some vulnerabilities came through as well, which yeah, was for sure. beautiful emotion Towards the that end. came through. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's all the stuff that a lot of women go through, it is. but never get a chance to talk about. That's very true. Actually, one thing I wanted to say was, you know, during rehearsals, right? Like whenever I did this piece, nobody laughed. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody felt, I hope, well, I hope everybody felt the emotion towards the end. But nobody laughed. But when I did it at the workshop, people were laughing at the beginning because, mm. I don't know, maybe they were uncomfortable with the whole thing and people just laugh it off, right? But, um, but I was glad, actually, because towards the end, I think I did make them feel a bit more empathy, if you would like, for the character. So, yeah. I, I was quite happy with that. Well, thanks for sharing this with us. Thanks for having me. We've got another performance lined up for you right after this by Samantha Schubert and guaranteed to give you goosebumps. So stick with us on A Sunday Kind of Love, BFM 89.9. This is a Sunday kind of love. Welcome back. I'm Maya Tan. We're celebrating womanhood today and women's issues with a series of performances based on the work of Eve Ensler. Susan Lancaster is here. She's curated and directed the performances you're hearing. And Sue Tan, actor-writer, and Samantha Schubert, of course, is here to perform the next piece. Susan, tell us a little bit about this piece. My last piece is an amazing piece called My Vagina Was My Village which is performed by um, Samantha Schubert. The Samantha Schubert. The Samantha Schubert, um, who flew all the way back from UK to perform this workshop. Samantha Schubert is also actor, An actor producer. A producer. And, beauty uh, queen. Beauty queen. Uh, mother. Malaysia. Yeah, mother. Daughter. Daughter. Wife. Yeah. Uh, this piece, I'm not going to say very much because I think the piece itself will actually speak for itself as well. My vagina was green. Water soft pink fields, cow mooing, sun resting, sweet boyfriend touching lightly with soft piece of blonde straw. There is something between my legs. I do not know what it is. I do not know where it is. I do not touch. Not now, not anymore. Not since... My vagina was chatty. So much, so much saying, words talking, concrete trying, concrete saying, oh yes, oh yes. Not since I dreamed there's a dead animal sewn in down there with long black fishing line and the bad dead animal smell cannot be removed and its throat is slit and it bleeds through all my summer dresses. My vagina, singing all girls' songs, all goats' bells ringing songs, all wild autumn field songs, vagina songs, vagina home songs. Not since the soldiers put a long, thick rifle inside me. So cold, the steel rod cancelling my heart. I do not know if they're going to fire it or shove it through my spinning brain. Six of them? Monstrous doctors with black masks, shoving bottles up me too. There were sticks, 
and the end of a broom. My vagina, swimming river water, clean spilling water over sun-baked stones, over stone clit, clit stones over and over. Not since I heard the skin tear and made lemon screeching sounds. Not since a piece of my vagina came off in my hand, a part of the lip. Now one side of my lip is completely gone. My vagina, a live wet water village. My vagina, my hometown. Not since they took turns for seven days smelling like feces and smoked meat. They left their dirty sperm inside me. I became a river of poison and pus and all the crops died. And the fish. My vagina, a live, wet, water village. They invaded it, butchered it, and burned it down. I do not touch now, I do not visit. I live someplace else now. I do not know where that is. Sam, what do you feel this piece represents? It represents um, what Eve saw in um, Bosnia. So it was sort of a first-hand experience for her. And as all of Eve's pieces are of personal interviews with women who have been strong enough to speak out of how they feel, um, this Bosnian woman is very brave and just proves how strong deep down we women are when bad things happen we find that inner strength that there is more to life Mm -hmm. and we have to carry on no matter what hell is each woman has gone through it's a very intense piece yes Um, when you were working on it how did it affect you To be honest, um, I was um, doing Skype rehearsals with um, Sue in London and I had connected with her and I think that's what scared me, that I was letting myself connect completely with her. Um, And so it took me a long time actually to actually sit down and say, right, I need to learn my lines because I I did have a sort of wall um, in front of me because I didn't want what she was going through Um, and to give her justice I had to let those barriers down I had to give in to her that was very much needed and and it was um, it was very difficult it was like as you know like you've said it's a very strong piece and she's a very brave woman towards the end you get the impression that she almost died a little inside Mm. did that happen to you as well Yes, I can't lie. Yes, it did. Um, There are certain aspects of that monologue that you can relate to, you know, as things that have happened in your own lives. And when that reality is sort of 
put in black and white and you're having to say it, it, it can be quite um, nerve-wracking. Well, thank you for that wonderful performance. No, thank you, Susan. A big thanks to Susan Lancaster, Suta and Samantha Schubert, members of Project Watermelon. We have more for you next week with Joanna Bessie, Carmen Sue, Don Cheong. So do catch us Sunday at noon next week. I'll leave you with strength, courage and wisdom, pretty much the theme of today's show. This is India Ari. I'm Maya Tan for A Sunday Kind of Love, BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.